If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Thursday, August 20th, and we are here to help you out. If you've got a financial question, don't forget, just send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on our website, which you should be, jillonmoney.com, it should be bookmarked. It should be right there when you open up your computer. You can read columns. You can listen to past shows. You can watch television appearances. You can check out our resource section. You can always sign up for our free weekly newsletter. comes out on Fridays, and Mark does an amazing job of aggregating content that we create and others have created as well. So let's get to your questions. Stephanie writes, subject, where should I keep my house down payment? I'm going to tell you right now. You should keep it in something safe. So let's find out about Stephanie. We're saving up to buy a home, but we're not going to be able to buy anytime soon. The earliest we would even think about is five years from now when my husband's student loans are forgiven. But realistically, we probably won't buy for 15 years because that's when he'll, if things go well, retire from the military and we'll get settled in one location. Okay, so let's think. It's five to 15 years. Let's say 15 years. I've been reading a lot. Most of the advice is to keep the down payment in a savings account, but it's a long-term plan. So maybe should it might be better to use a brokerage account. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And if that is correct, how do you eventually go about cashing out? So this is what I would do. I wouldn't worry about this, okay? I, I would invest in a brokerage account. Uh, they currently have one joint account at Betterment. Uh, husband has an account at Edward Jones. Should we combine everything into the joint account? Yes. You should combine the Edward Jones account, move it to Betterment. Whatever taxes do from your Edward Jones account, you'll have to pay. Okay. So you'll have to cash out of Edward Jones and move it into your Betterment account, pay the tax that's due and move on. Now, as far as long-term, what will happen is as you get closer to needing this money, you will start to figure out your game plan for cashing out. But I wouldn't do it a little bit at a time. I would wait until you are really much closer to needing the money before cashing it out. All right? So I think that that is the game plan for now. Good for you. I I love that it is sort of in your brain of like, oh my God. Okay, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite emails. I know it's August, but this is from April. And Mary writes, is it ridiculous and irrational to invest now at this critical time of the pandemic? And here's what I'm going to tell everybody. I lo- I'm bringing this question back because I don't know where markets are going. Neither do you. I don't know where the pandemic is going and neither do you. What we do know 
is that if you are a long-term investor, if you stick to your game plan, it's pretty good. That game plan should help you move your financial life in the right direction. Okay? So let's not do that market timing thing. You know how much I hate that. Hi, Jill and Mark. I'm happy you both are well and appreciate the reality check your advice and podcast provide. Mark, I don't even know if you're really well. I know you're healthy. Are you feeling better with knowing that you have a good stash of alcohol? Is that making you feel better? Mark says it's definitely helping. I sent him six bottles of booze a couple of weeks ago just to make sure he could get through the summer. Thought that would be good for him. Okay. Lisa says, I talked to you on the air almost two years ago. I was Lisa from the Twin Cities who felt like our family was treading water while putting twins through college. I'm happy to report the last tuition payment for my daughter will take place on Monday and my son has just one more semester. Woohoo! When we talked, you suggested we go from 70-30 to 60-40 for our retirement funds, which we did. Can I tell you how happy I am now to have gotten your advice and followed through with it? Oh, thanks so much, Lisa. Presently, my husband and I are both employed and work remotely. Our jobs are secure as any can be at this time, although my husband is taking a 10% salary cut. My current question revolves around building up the emergency fund versus paying down debt. I hope to wipe out all of our credit card debt over the next year, paying $400 per month on a credit card that requires a $120 minimum payment. While we have about four months of living expenses in the bank, I know you recommend six. We also have an equivalent amount available through a HELOC and also have the same amount available through whole life insurance policies. The question, should I do the minimum on the credit card debt to get to the six-month mark faster or stay the course we're on at present? I think you should pay down the credit card debt because you'll get that done, you know, crank it out. And then I think that knowing that you have access to the life insurance policy, if you needed it, that's great. So let's pay down the credit card debt. So then shift the $400 a month you're using for the credit card debt and shift it and put it into the emergency reserve fund, crank that up, and then you should be in great shape, Lisa. Thanks for writing back and appreciate your kind words, really do. Uh, Jerry writes, my adjusted federal gross income is $75,000 and I have an IRA with about $30,000. Could I slowly convert this $1,500 per year to control income taxes to a Roth IRA. Yes, you can. Now, I guess that Jerry is actually retired already and over the age of 70 and a half because he says, I don't need the required minimum distribution from this account. I don't know whether you're single or married, but um, let's say you're single. I guess you're trying to stay in the 22% top bracket. If you're married, maybe you're trying to stay in the 12% top bracket. I'm not sure. But whatever it is, I like the game plan. That works. And um, Jerry signs off and says, love your straight shooting advice. That's me. Get that big mouth straight shooter. Gets herself in trouble sometimes. Believe you me. Thank you very much for writing. And here's Jay, last one of the day. Hi, Jill. Thanks so much to you and Mark for the podcast, especially the daily ones during the pandemic. They've been calming and helpful part of my daily routine. My question, since the value of one of my funds in my tax-deferred 403B is down at present, I'm planning to convert 
20 grand from this fund to the same fund in a new Roth 403b option in my employer sponsored plan. I have excess cash in my emergency high yield savings to pay the extra federal taxes that will result from the conversion. However, I cannot find clear guidance on how and when to pay the extra 4400 in taxes. I don't want to increase my payroll tax withholding at work. That would disrupt my income cash flow. And I'd like to pay the extra taxes as late as legally possible without penalty. Okay, so if you do this now in 2020, the conversion, it will be due next tax year. And I would just double check with your employer, Jay, because this is going to have to be well documented that this you know, these two funds are distinct and separate, but you don't have to pay the tax that's due until next tax filing year. So that you'll be filing for 2020 in April of 2021. All right. Thanks for writing. That's it. That's one more day in the can. God, I love it. If you have a financial question, please send us an email. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. And of course, if you have time, we really would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review. Send this podcast to somebody who you think could use some help financially, and we would also appreciate that. I, as I think speaking for Mark, as two people who are a little uptight about the whole virus thing and have been for a long time, We are begging you to wherever you're listening, whatever's going on in your neighborhood, please wash your hands, please wear your masks, please maintain that physical distancing. We also want to encourage you to metaphorically put your hands on someone's back. Help somebody. If you could help somebody, it will make you feel better. That I know will absolutely make your day better. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.